0: Welcome back to Random Trek. I'm your host, Scott McNulty. On this podcast, I watch a random episode of Star Trek, and then I talk about it with a guest. And today's guest is Dave Kahlo Dave, thank you for joining me. Scott, thank you very much for having me on the show. I'm excited to have you. So tell us a little bit about yourself, in case the listeners are not familiar with your work. Sure. I am currently working as the
1: news editor at the Unofficial Apple Web Blog, which you're familiar with, Scott. I am. I used to uh, write on the Unofficial Apple Web Blog. All right. That's how we got to know each other. That's right. I've been there for a number of years now, and that is the day gig. Um, I do have a podcast over on the old 5x5 network with my partner Aaron Mankey called Homework. Since we both work from home, we talk about our experiences and tips and tools for the others who want to work from home or are thinking about working from home. Um, In the meantime, I live out here in rural Massachusetts with my wife, a couple of kids, and my little dog.
0: And your little dog, too. (laughs) And so you are, well, tell me about your your interest in Star Trek. Are you a big Star Trek fan? Would you you identify as a Trekkie or Trekker?
1: Well, I I first got into this show, and I I remember this vividly because I was very, very young. And it was in syndication. This was probably the mid-70s or late 70s. And my dad loved the show, absolutely loved it. And he would watch it all the time, and he would, I would join him on the couch. And I always thought it was very special that this was his thing that he really liked, and it was his grown-up adult show. And he would invite me to come and watch it. And my sisters didn't join us, and my mom didn't join us. It was just the two of us. And we'd get to sit and watch the show and talk about the story and the aliens and the ships and all the characters and Spock's funky ears, and I thought it was very cool that I was able to participate in what I perceived as an adult thing that my dad really, really liked. So a, a large part of my fandom now is sentimentality, because uh, it reminds me of sitting on the couch with my big old dad watching, watching Star Trek.
0: When I was growing up, uh, my family, nobody else in my family was interested in Star Trek. Uh, so I don't really know. I kind of just fell into watching Star Trek, and, and I just kind of became obsessed with it. And uh, now I continue to watch it as, as a, a grown up. And uh, I haven't been to a Star Trek convention yet, um, but maybe I will someday. I'm just a little, I'm intimidated by the Star Trek conventions. I must yes. Yeah. I'm
1: afraid I'll be outed as the one who hasn't. Like I haven't seen the majority of DS Nine. Uh and I, I just think that that it just is. That's Obvious, as if I were wearing a sign. <laughs> People, and can the checkers tell. would know. How, yes. how has he infiltrated our
0: con? That's right, and he's not wearing some sort of costume. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Even a subtle little hat or something. That's right, or maybe like a little uh, communicator badge. Come on, right? A tasteful, exactly. You know, understated, <laughs> undercover agent, perhaps. Right. Uh, so this today, the 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 fates have picked for us to watch and discuss. Uh, well, mostly discuss. We've already watched it. An episode of Star Trek Voyager, so uh, before we delve into the episode before I reveal the mystery episode that we watched mm-hmm. uh, when Voyager was on first run syndication were you watching Voyager were you did you skip it?
1: I watched it off and on. Um, I was aware of it. I didn't really watch it uh, religiously. Um, I think I paid the most. I definitely paid the most attention to the original series, and in later years, I fell in love with Next Gen. Mm-hmm. Um, I still consider that my my favorite series, although others have told me that if I give um, DS Nine a chance, that might change. So I'll have to go and watch that in order. But um, Voyager was hit and miss. Every now and then, I'd watch it. It wasn't because I was disinterested. Or maybe maybe it was, because it didn't hold my interest. But I wasn't actively avoiding it, nor was I especially compelled to tune in every week. So it was hit or miss when Voyager was on. How
0: about you? Did you watch it? I watched the first season or so, and I really didn't like it, Mm -hmm. so I stopped watching it. Um, And I have told myself that I have not seen many episodes of Voyager, and yet, so far, this is the second episode of Voyager that uh, we're going to talk about on this podcast, and they're completely randomly picked, and they're from completely different seasons. Uh, and I have seen both of them before, <laughs> so I think I must have either maybe I sleepwatch Voyager or something because right. I think I've seen a larger percentage of the episodes than I thought I had. And frankly, this... it's grown on me. I like yeah. it much more than I did when I was uh, when it was on at first, mostly because for whatever reason, Janeway, Captain Janeway, really rubbed me the wrong way. But now I actually like her as a character, so I don't know what changed, but we're going to talk about Waking Moments, which is uh, from the fourth season, 13th episode of Voyager, uh, and when it originally aired January 14th, 1998. Wow! And it can, in some certain scenes, uh, well, one particular scene, I think, in particular, its um, age really shows, and we can talk about that uh, when we get there. Okay. Okay. so, let's. I will recap and then jump in with anything you want to talk about. Uh, so, it opens up and we see Harry Kim, who's probably one of my least favorite characters in all of Star Trek. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's just kind of, he doesn't really do anything. He is kind of, a I don't know, a chump, really. Uh, <laughs> opens up with him and he's walking down the corridor. Seven of Nine says, hey, Harry, I need you to come into a Jeffrey tube with me and check my work. And uh, he goes into the tube, and he's like, oh, this is fine. Uh, And Seven Nine is like, I know. Uh, And then they cut to... And Harry's like, what? What do you mean you know? Why did you call me into this? (laughs) And then they kiss, uh, and it's craziness. And then Tuvok, we we cut to Tuvok. Yeah, sleeping. He's sleeping. He wakes up. He walks down the corridor to go to the bridge. People are giving him odd looks, and you don't really know why. Uh, And then they cut to Janeway, and she is... In entering the mess hall uh, looking for something, you're not sure what maybe she's hungry, mm-hmm. who knows it's it's, it's night time and she's there, uh, Tom Paris they cut to Tom Paris and he's in the Delta Flyer, he's off yeah. doing whatever it, is, whatever it is Tom Paris does in the Delta Flyer uh, also not one of my favorite characters Tom Paris, uh, who, but he's also Harry Kim's best friend, so who knows so that makes sense it all makes sense <laughs> Uh, then, So they intersplice between these characters, Uh, and so we find out Harry Kim has been lured into the Jeffrey Tube so that Seven of Nine can seduce him. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tuvok arrives at the bridge, and everyone laughs at him because he's naked. Uh, It's a classic anxiety dream. It's true, and I just thought to myself, really, this is what you have to do to Tuvok? (laughs) (laughs) It feels like they (laughs) like to just make fun of Vulcans. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I made a note that I thought it was funny
1: how abruptly Tuvok woke up. Yes. Because he's in a sound sleep, and then he's interrupted, and then he's immediately wide awake and ready to go. That was just, maybe Vulcan's, uh, in, uh, experience experienced REM sleep differently than humans, but it was very funny. He just popped
0: right up out of bed. He's ready to go. Tuvok is a man of action. <laughs> he may not remember to put his pants on, but he is ready to go <laughs> whenever yes. you need him. Um... And then we cut to, so ha-ha, everyone's laughing at uh, Tuvok because he's naked and he's concerned. So he goes into the turbo lift uh, and he turns and he sees a mysterious alien. Uh, And then (laughs) Harry Kim is making out with Seven of Nine. And I guess it was unclear in the editing, but I think what happened, what was supposed to happen, uh, or at Mm -hmm. least you're supposed to think happened, Seven of Nine turns into the alien and Harry Kim screams like a little girl. Uh, (laughs) That's what I thought, too. She suddenly... (laughs) became the alien he was terrified yes I guess they didn't have enough budget to show the transformation so they just did a quick edit that would lead you to <laughs> yes. believe that's what happened because right. when I first watched it I thought he just saw the alien over seven of nine shoulder and freaked out which seemed oh. like a weird reaction I mean it would be startling but he really kind of screams <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah he was not shy did, about showing his
1: fear no he one.
0: was he was unhappy <laughs> <laughs> They may have to clean that Jeffrey's <laughs> room. Uh and then Janeway finds Neelix in the mess hall, who's another one of my least favorite characters. Uh I have many least favorite characters in to Say that's 3. <laughs> it's for vying for the title. Voyager's tough. <laughs> uh and she's like, "Where's the crew?" Neelix and he says, "Oh, you don't you haven't seen them and they're all around the table, well, four of them and they're all dead." And uh Janeway's very sad, and she's like, what happened? And uh, Neelix says, you failed them. They all died. Ha ha. And then she sees this creepy alien, and then Tom Paris is about to crash into a star or something, maybe? I don't know. Um, And then before he blows up, one imagines, he sees, which I think was probably the creepiest uh, reveal of the alien, the alien kind of slides up from underneath the, the view screen, I guess. Yeah. And he was like, what? And then they all wake up. Right, and it's like what is happening? It's Trexception. It is. It is indeed. And then they cut to the theme song, and uh, the show opens. And I do. I will give Voyager this. I give Voyager a lot of uh, guff, but I think that the the intro sequence is great. I like the song. I like Voyager flying around. Yeah, I like to look at the ship. It was yeah. a, a fun redesign. I think it was. It was well done. the The industrial design is pretty good. Uh, I like the I like when it flies through the rings of Saturn or whatever it's flying through, and in that moment, that's pretty cool. So yeah. thumbs up to that Voyager. I'm not all down on Voyager. <laughs> I think it's one <laughs> of the characters. Not so much opening characters. sequence. Great. Exactly. <laughs> if it could just stop there, I'd be <laughs> fantastic. But sadly, it does not stop there because the rest of the episode has to go on. Mm-hmm. So everybody. It becomes clear that everyone's having these bad dreams and they're encountering this alien. So Tom Paris wakes up, He's uh, someone's knocking on his door, it's B'Elanna, she's angry because he missed their breakfast date, and he was like, well, uh, I didn't realize it, I was sleepy. And she's like, I know, I just got off night shift. And so apparently they're having some tension in their relationship because they're both working hard and they can't really see each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tom Paris is obsessed with skiing, apparently. <laughs> so every time they spend together, they must go skiing on the holodeck. Uh, yeah, which, he really enjoys that. He does. <laughs> he is a single-track mind here with the skiing. <laughs> again uh, with the skiing. Again. And is like, well, I don't really want to go skiing. Could we go to Tahiti? And he says, fine, as long as I can water ski. Uh, and she does mention that she doesn't want to do an activity that in which the wind chill is a factor. (laughs) To which I thought to myself, because I was watching it by myself Right. If you go to the holodeck and enjoy some skiing, (laughs) it is holographic snow. So it doesn't really have to be cold. <laughs> right.
1: It would be very cruel of Tom to say, I would like it to be, you know, 34 degrees, but it feels like minus 8. <laughs> exactly. Like, he would have to willfully program that in. Exactly. It seems odd that they would choose to do that. <laughs> I also thought it was odd that she picked an Earth location. That's true. Being a, a, a Klingon. I going to go to Tahiti.
0: Oh, Tahiti. What do you know about Tahiti? <laughs> well, she's half Klingon, half uh, human. Oh, that's true. So maybe she's uh, born in Tahiti or something like that. (laughs) And I did think another thing, speaking of that kind of, you know, fortuitous picking of a location that everyone in the audience would know, uh, is I thought it was interesting that the four characters' dreams that they showed us all happen in uh, Voyager sets that they readily have. Nobody was dreaming about anything other than on Voyager. Oh, that's <laughs> true. No one's dreaming about something happening on the Pleasure Planet. Exactly. No, no. You, you, you have no. You, these people have been far from their families for like at least four years at this point. You would think most of their dreams would have to do with going home and being set on Earth. Right. Uh, but I imagine once again budget concerns. Let's use right. the the sets that we have uh, with your dreams, okay, people? <laughs> Don't get crazy. <laughs> So everybody uh, shows up. Everybody's late for the go into the the bridge. Tom is grog- groggy, so he picks up some coffee from Neelix. Uh, sadly, Neelix is also groggy, so he pours him a very small cup of cooking oil. <laughs> yes, I thought that was quite funny. <laughs> that was funny. Um, and then he gets the coffee. Off he goes to the, the bridge where Captain Janeway is also running late. So she and Chakotay talk about these strange dreams that everyone's been having. Mm-hmm. That feature an alien, um, and Chakotay talks about how he dreamt that he was deer hunting with his father, which he thought was odd because he refused to go deer hunting with his father. Uh, and then he encountered the strange alien. Janeway said, "Yeah, everybody was dead, and I encountered the strange alien." Uh, and they said, "Hey, Tuvok, how about you?" And Tuvok said, "Yes, I dreamt of an alien, leaving out the part where he was naked." Uh, and then Tom Paris was eavesdropping, and so he said, "Sorry to eavesdrop, but I also, I too, dreamt of this mm-hmm. strange alien." And so the the bright minds in Starfleet decide that this must... They must be related in some way. <laughs> that that Starfleet education kicks in. <laughs> That's right. So they're a quick... Where's Harry Kim? He was supposed to be here five minutes ago. Uh, the computer tells him, oh, Harry Kimson is still sleeping. Well, it doesn't say still sleeping, but still in his quarters. So Janeway decides that she will go herself to find out if an ensign is okay which I found odd. Uh, <laughs> but hey, you know, she's one of the main stars of the show. Uh, so <laughs> right. she, she takes Tuvok with her just in case there's uh, trouble, I guess. <laughs> right. Not, not security. Just take him with you. Yeah, let's go Tuvok. Although Tuvok is in charge of
1: security, so. Yeah, but, you, uh, I, but I see what you think. You send the big wig? Just send a couple
0: dudes. Exactly. You yes, say, to hey, go security, uh, go check on uh, Harry Yes, Kim. exactly. But no, <laughs> you need to send uh, the captain and chief of security. <laughs> To go see why someone isn't awake. <laughs> exactly, why he's, like, ten minutes late. <laughs> um, it makes perfect sense. Yes. So, oh no, he's uh, asleep, and they can't wake him up. So they send him off to sickbay, where uh, the doctor, who is one of my favorite characters in Voyager... Um, Just me too. Although, in this, he doesn't have much to do in this episode, except, say... He's asleep, and I can't wake him up. <laughs> and he says <laughs> he also, that a number yeah. of times in different <laughs> parts of the episode. Uh, so Robert, Robert Picardo, a little wasted in this episode. But it, this episode is really Chicote's episode, so... It is. It'll, it'll be okay. Uh, and so they can't wake him up, so uh, Janeway says, Quick, gather the bridge crew so that we can plan, figure out what's going on. Uh, and figuring out what go, what's going on apparently means let's huddle around a, a screen and make a, a sketch of the alien that we have seen right and this is the uh, moment i was thinking where we find out that the special effects really do not stand up to the test of time <laughs> this is also where i'm thinking wouldn't it be great if photoshop worked like that <laughs>
1: that's like true. you could just say increase it by three centimeters and it knows precisely what you had in mind the, how it you want to predict it is <laughs> Yeah, make it browner and it knows exactly what to do and by the way that was much more than three centimeters it increased by when she when she gave that command
0: that is true so yeah they're 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 making a composite sketch basically of this alien and they do it in seemingly uh 30 seconds (laughs) using awful graphics um and I thought ooh man that's uh that's not good (laughs) yeah I think it was Mario Paint they were doing (laughs) i think i think it was uh, maybe mario paint uh what is it 2314 or something like that <laughs> yes. uh, it's got the l cars menu installed so it's cool <laughs> uh, and so they're like oh look that's the alien everyone agrees that it was the alien that they all saw uh seven of nine pipes up and says the borg have never encountered this alien apparently uh in starfleet records there are no recordings of this alien so it is an alien alien nobody knows what to do people are like well i guess we're screwed uh, and <laughs> is like, no, no, we must take it. We must turn to where we saw them first in order to find the answers. Because they give Chicoté these kind of mystical things to say because he is Native American. Uh, so he, he says, I, being a Native American, have this special technology that I bring with me so I can go on my spirit quests. And it will let me lucid dream so I can enter my dreams but then wake up and be in total control. So I will go to sleep and find out what the dealio is.
1: Now, I've got to ask you something about Chakotay right there, because I'm not super familiar with the episode. Mm -hmm. Um, I noticed that he was talking just like that sort of thing, like he's into, you know, conducting his vision quest, for lack of a better term. Do they have him do that type of
0: thing often on the show? Uh, It comes up because, you know, he's got that tattoo and he's obviously uh, a Native American of some sort. So they give him a lot of, like, I go on dream quests and uh, I I do stuff to... uh, you know, connect with my ancestors, mm-hmm. and he's very connected to his own spirituality. All right, that's uh, cool. He's kind of the spiritual center of Voyager. So whenever they don't want to have a science fictiony solution, they turn to Chacolate for a uh, spiritually solution. It's going to be a Chacolate episode, everyone. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> and I like Chacolate. Uh, Chacolate. Chacolate. It's hard to say his name. I was going to say Chipotle. <laughs> I know. I try not to say Chipotle every time. <laughs> I like Chacolate. <Chikot-tay. laughs> Now I can't say it without thinking of Chipotle. <laughs> I've ruined it. I like him. He's a good character. <laughs> he is. So he goes into the sick bay and he says, okay, go going to sleep to find the aliens. The doctor says, I don't think you should. Chicote says, somebody has to do it. Don't worry. If I tap the back of my hand three times, right. I will wake up. Oh, and he also has to remember, this is an important plot point. He says, I just think of something that triggers uh, me so that I know I'm in a dream. Like, for instance, I will think of Earth's moon, and mm-hmm. if I see that, I know I'm dreaming, and then I can tap the back of my hand and wake up. Right. Uh, I that's unf- that's I, sort of the tell, that he's in a dream. Exactly. And I'm not sure, yeah. tr- I, I am unfamiliar with, I know lucid dreaming is a thing. I don't know if you're familiar with it. I do not know if this is just, uh, they made it up for the story, or if this is how you really do it, but who knows? I'm sure somebody I don't does. know. I know it's a thing, and I know that if
1: there are steps you can take to increase the likelihood that you will have a lucid dream but i don't know how much control you have over the experience or whether or not you can predict you will have a lucid dream on a given night so basically that was a long way to say i don't know
0: <laughs> well, that's right but luckily chakotay has uh, a little thing that he can hold that will uh, allow him to go into a lucid dream whenever he wants mm-hmm. uh, so which is uh, quite handy since they're encountering these dream aliens Yeah, it's a good thing he brought that That's true, he was thinking ahead (laughs) Uh, So he goes into this lucid dream Uh, He's once again stalking a deer Only this time it's in Voyager's Corridors Because once again, budgetary reasons Can't make him go to a forest Mm -hmm. Um, And then he is like Stalking the deer, stalking the deer Is is this a dream, is it not Seems pretty clear if you're chasing a deer In Voyager's Corridor, it's a dream (laughs) But he sees the moon And he's like, okay, I know it's a dream Um, and then in another special effect that doesn't really hold up either, uh, the deer suddenly transforms a la Odo into the
1: wacky alien. Yes. It made me think of that Michael Jackson, black or white video with all the morphing. Oh, right. Remember that back in the day? That's what it made me think of. I haven't thought about that episode in a while. (laughs) That, that music video. (laughs) None of us have, Scott. It's okay. (laughs) But, you know, I liked the... Chicote's dream a lot. I liked watching the deer run around. It made me think of Birthright Part One, mm-hmm. um, that old episode where um, they were, you know, there was dreaming stuff and all sorts of kooky stuff going on. Which I, I liked that episode a whole lot, and it made me think of that where there's something completely out of place, like a deer running around the inside of the ship. That was that was kind of fun. I did like that part.
0: Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was an excellent use of the dream sequence. This Birthright, the also the episode where. Uh, Data is cake, and he's serving pieces of himself to other people? Or is that yes. another dreaming episode?
1: <laughs> I think that's it. There's the the, the hammer and the
0: anvil and yes. the crow and all yep. that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. I like that episode a lot, and it made me think of that right away. Yes, And I think that is a superior dream-based episode of Star Trek. If you're in the market for a dream-based episode of Star <laughs> Trek, you might want to go with that before you go with waking moments. Yeah, uh, Buy that one first. Exactly. Unless you're a hardcore Voyager fan. In which case... You probably stopped listening to this episode because I've mocked Voyager a lot already. (laughs) So, uh, you won't know what to do. But anyway, he's got a spear. He's chasing the deer. Uh, It is a good sequence. I think, you know, like you said, the juxtaposition of having a wacky deer running Mm. around these familiar uh, spaces uh, really makes it kind of alien. And it makes sense that he would dream in this moment to be on Voyager since he is investigating for these aliens. And it's a lucid dream. So, he would, you know, have it. And then they have a little talk Chicote. Chico- 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 Chicote.
1: <laughs> he doesn't have... even have a first name that we could default to which is very upsetting we can't call him like bill he
0: isn't bill Chicote. we have to <laughs> stumble over Chicote for the entire episode every time i'm just gonna edit it out every time so it's gonna make <laughs> editing crazy uh i will get the one time we both get it right and then just keep using that over and over again <laughs> <Good idea. laughs> uh so he talks to the alien and he's like hey what are you doing? Why Why are you attacking our dreams, basically? And the alien is like, Psh, you waking species are all alike. Uh, you come in here, you screw everything up. It's unclear what the Voyager has done to these aliens. Uh, it doesn't seem like they've really done anything. Right. I
1: have written on my notes, motivation with a question mark.
0: Yes, there there is very little motivation for why these aliens have decided to attack the dreams of the Voyager crew. Uh, And as we see later on, it seems like there's no reason at all for them to do it. (laughs) But uh, we'll we'll get to that. So he says, hey, could you stop? Uh, And the alien says, well, we'll stop as long as you leave our space. And he gives him some fairly specific, uh, well, not really specific, kind of vague (laughs) instructions. Uh, There's a six-planet system nearby that if you pass by it, you will be out of our space. Um, and you would think that maybe they would just give him, like, coordinates or something and say, if you go, <laughs> yes. you know, maybe, like, whatever, three light years from here, you're gone and it'll be good. But no, he says, you know, go three rights and a left. You can't miss it. <laughs> <laughs> right. You see, right, you'll if see if a see, mobile station Exactly. if, if you've see, gone too far. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, turn back. Uh, it'll be fine. <laughs> yes. And Chakot- is that, uh, Chakotay is like, okay, we, we mean you no harm. We will happily leave. And then he wakes up, and he tells everybody, okay, the aliens just want us to get out of their space. Uh, And Janeway's like, well, we haven't done anything to them, but okay, we'll leave. We're not looking for a fight. We just want to get home. Right. Uh, Which, you know, seems like a reasonable thing to do. I think so, too. That was a good choice. So they scan for the, the planets, they find it, and they say, okay, let's go. So they go off. Uh, and we think, well, the episode's over. Only it's like 20 minutes into the episode, so clearly <laughs> the episode is not over. You do have those moments
1: sometime where you're just watching a show and you look at the clock, like the clock on your wall, because you think, is it over? It feels like it's over. But like you said, there's 20 minutes left,
0: so apparently something's going to happen. Exactly. Because that was, I mean, it would have been a very short episode, but that was a pretty good end point. Okay. Mm-hmm. We'll leave. Sorry to bother you. Didn't mean to wake you up. <laughs> right. We'll be on our way. Uh, But it turns out, oh no, it wasn't actually uh, because they were in their space and they didn't want Voyager to leave. But they set them up for a trap. So Voyager goes to these planets and is, you know, I guess making a pass by so it can leave. Uh, And out of nowhere, a strange alien ship appears and starts attacking Voyager. Uh, Voyager's shields go down almost instantly. Uh, Voyager's (laughs) weapons are useless against this alien ship. Uh, and then on the view screen, oh no, it is the Wacky Dream Aliens. And they have said, ha ha, fooled you, we want your <laughs> ship. Yes. Uh, and uh, Janeway's like, well, you have to take it from us. And they're like, okay. And then they come over and they secure all the decks uh, very quickly. They neutralize all the weapons and everyone is carted off to the cargo bay uh, and capted, captive by these Wacky Dream Aliens. Uh, who, once again, really have no reason. They don't seem to be interested in the ship. <laughs> they don't seem to be interested in the people, really. They're just there, and they gather the crew into the cargo bay. They don't really ask for anything. They don't seem to want to take the ship anywhere. <laughs> it seems, yeah, yeah, it's very strange.
1: <laughs> I, yeah, I wasn't really sure. I, I, yeah, I, Like I said, I didn't really know what their motivation was. I so I they they only
0: exist in the dream state of... Other beings? I guess they can project themselves into the dream states of other beings. And I think they mention uh, that they have a, uh unconscious collective. So one assumes that while they are unconscious, they are in the same dream state. So hmm. what I assume happened is that they somehow, with their their neurogenic field generator, uh, made Voyager, the Voyager crew... Shift their dream state into their collective dream state, so that then everybody was dreaming the same dream. Ah, yes, I think that, is that what old happened. trick. exactly. Oh, that old chestnut, <laughs> a dime a dozen. Uh, and so, Janeway is like, "Well, we have to retake the ship, even though our weapons are powerless against these aliens." Uh, but you know, she's uh, the captain of the ship; they have to make an effort, right? So uh, she sends Tom off to try and get into a, a Jeffrey's tube. She sends Chakotay and uh, Bolana to fiddle with the um, power station, I guess. And uh, Seven of Nine says, Oh, I can come up with a distraction, and punches Harry Kim, uh, <laughs> which I think is an appropriate reaction, uh, <laughs> distraction, because I would like to punch Harry Kim. <laughs> Uh, and he he is surprised, because he's like, what the heck? We were just making out, and now you're punching me. I, I, exactly. Now you're punching me. <laughs> Borg are so difficult. <laughs> uh, and then, oh no, Chakotay sees the moon in uh, one of the viewers, and he says to myself, I'm still dreaming. Uh, and is like, what are you talking about? You're not dreaming? Oh, we're all here. Hello. Um, and then the aliens suddenly appear. And I thought this was... I like this scene a lot. The aliens appear and kind of uh, try to stop Chakotay from tapping the back of his hand so he can't wake up. Uh, but sadly, they are right. too late because he wakes up and he's like, oh, I was dreaming. Uh, and the doctor's like, wake up, welcome back. <laughs> uh, but So Chakotay disappears, but everybody else is still in that dream. Yeah. And it takes them a really long time to accept the fact that they are all in the same dream. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> It, that took, there was a lot of back and forth about that. Yes, basically, Seven of Nine says, I think we're all in the same dream, right? And then uh, Tuvok says, yeah, I think we're probably all in the same dream. Uh, and Harry Kim's like, that makes no sense. We can't possibly be in the same dream. Uh, and is like, no, I don't think we're in the same dream. And so there's like a 10-minute scene where they're basically just going around <laughs> and around saying, we are not in the same dream. We maybe are in the same dream. Uh, and then basically Jane Ray's like, well, it doesn't really matter. We still have to do something. So let's go to engineering. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a 45 minute show. So we have to fill up that time. Exactly. So let's uh, have them have this argument for six minutes. <laughs> that it goes nowhere and is totally pointless. <laughs> uh, and but meanwhile, in the waking world, uh, Chakotay and the doctor are looking at brainwave activity and the doctor's like, they're all have the same exact brainwave activity. I can't understand what this means. Uh, and Chicote says, well, they're all having the same dream. That's what it means. And the doctor's like, oh, yeah, that makes complete sense. <laughs> Which was medical degrees odd, really paying off. Exactly. It was an odd, odd scene because I thought to myself, as a viewer, I could figure out what that means. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like a and trained, I'm not a holographic exactly. doctor. <laughs> I don't have all of Starfleet medical... Uh, <laughs> information at my uh, virtual fingertips. Uh, but he was flummoxed. Uh, but luckily Chicote was there to point out the obvious. <laughs> and so Chicote's like, okay, we need to we need to figure out uh, what's happening. These aliens are corporeal, so they certainly have a body somewhere. We right. need to find their bodies and beat them up. <laughs> right. Basically. While they're lying, they're sleeping While and they're, defenseless. Exactly. The perfect time to, to <laughs> pounce. Uh, so the doctor's like, okay, so they search for... This neurogenic field that apparently people produce when you're asleep, uh, which I'm sure you don't, but they need something. It's the Star Trek thing, right? Right. Uh, And they find it in this uh, seemingly uninhabited planet, deep underground. Uh, So Chakotay's like, okay, I'm going to beam down there and do something. And the doctor's like, okay, take this um, hyperspray of um, stimulant, so in case you fall asleep. Right. You can dope yourself up. Um, And he's like, okay. Uh, wait, actually, I missed the part. He was like, "Okay, I'm about to do that," but then, oh yeah, I I totally skipped one dream. Before that happens, he uh, the everybody and the rest of the crew figures out that they're in a dream after this long argument, uh, <laughs> and Janeway taps her hand and goes wakes up. Uh, which I thought was odd because she's not a trained lucid dreamer. But right, that's not her thing. But not okay. her thing. But then she comes and she says, "Hey, Chakotay, I woke up." Uh, and then Chakotay sees the moon again, and he's like, "Oh no, I'm still dreaming." Uh, but then he wakes up. So then he figures out we need to go find the corporeal people, uh, and he does. They find them. He beams down. The doctor gives him this hypo spray. He beams down, and he's uh, about to fall asleep. He finds this giant cavern that is full of sleeping aliens. Hmm. And I had a problem with this because if you are a race of aliens, who's apparently have evolved to exist only in your dreams, your your unconscious collective. Right. You think you would uh, master bedding? <laughs> but they all sleep on the floor. <laughs> right. That is. You'd
1: think. Right. They would have mastered bedding to a level.
0: <laughs> that we would not even conceive of exactly it would be like the most luxurious thing they would that would I would think that all their waking moments would be spent thinking about how to make their bodies more comfortable while they 're living the rest of their life asleep right i mean we, we humans don 't we spend uh eight hours on a good day asleep, uh, we spend a lot of time thinking about. Our beds and things. Right,
1: you could spend $2,000 on a mattress and we're not really doing much during our sleeping time.
0: Exactly. So you would think that uh, a whole civilization (laughs) that is spending all of its time basically in their dreams would have fantastic beds. No, they're on the dirt floor of a cave. <laughs> yeah, it's very strange. I mean, it's a kind of a striking visual, but then yeah. once once that visual is over, you're like, this doesn't make any sense. Why would they be sleeping in this cave? <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. But then, uh, but there are lots of them. So that's kind of the surprise, right? There's a whole huge cavern, and it's just full of people sleeping on the floor. Right. Uh, and then he finds this little reactor thingy that's generating the field that, I guess, is being used to keep the rest of Voyager unconscious uh, except for the doctor, obviously, because he's a hologram. Uh, and so he's like, okay, I'll shoot it. He tries to shoot it, but it's shielded. Oh, no. Uh, so he calls up the doctor, and he says, hey, go to the bridge, lock onto my communicator, uh, mm-hmm. and shoot photon torpedoes at me if uh, you don't hear from me in five minutes. And the doctor's like, well, I don't think I should really do that. <laughs> and is like, well, you're going to do it. And so he's like, okay. Uh, so his Chicote's big plan is he will take this stimulant, because he's feeling very sleepy all of a sudden. He's about to fall asleep, but he takes the stimulant, He shoots it in the neck of one of the aliens, and uh, it wakes up the alien, and then we switch to the dream world... Yeah, and, and luckily, by pure chance, right, Chakotay has picked the one alien that's like right next to Captain Janeway to wake up, which is you know the odds are in his favor, I guess. Right, of all the thousands of identical <laughs> aliens in that cave, exactly, and they must be all over <laughs> Voyager, right? Because there are a bunch of people on Voyager, so they need to keep them all contained. Right, uh, but he, he luckily he picks the one that's right there for the main characters to see. Uh, <laughs> and he vis- the, the alien vanishes from the dream. And Janeway kind of taunts the alien leader and says, "Hey, what do you think happened to that guy?" Uh, and she's like, "I don't know, but it's probably not good for me." Uh, and then <laughs> Chakotay's like, "You better take down that field, or else I'm gonna like punch you in the face or something." Uh, it was unclear what his threat was because mid-threat,
1: uh-oh, oh boy, he falls asleep. Yes. Well, as soon as the doctor gave him the stimulant, I said to myself,
0: "He's not going to take the stimulant." <laughs> Well, no, he's a hero. He's not going to take that. That's right. (laughs) He's going to use it to wake up another alien, threaten him for two seconds, and then fall asleep. And then fall asleep, (laughs) yes. (laughs) Which uh, is a little anticlimactic. Uh, But then he appears in the dream, and you're like, oh, no, uh, this is not good. And Janeway's kind of like, ooh, boy. (laughs) I was gloating, but now you're here. This is not good, uh, Chakotay. Yeah, you you screwed the pooch. Yes. <laughs> Things were going so well just 60 <laughs> seconds ago. <laughs> exactly. I added, <laughs> it's all going to plan. Um, but Chicote has a little smirk on his face. And he's like, you know, the aliens think, well, now we've won, right? Uh, you you have no idea of our strange powers, you waking aliens. Uh, but Chicote's like, well, the joke is on you, friend, because I told the holographic doctor i don't wake up in three minutes to blow your whole civilization away <laughs> so, he jumps right to genocide as exactly. solution. it's always a good solution in star trek uh, <laughs> and so the alien is kind of like well i don't know if i believe you and then all of a sudden he totally believes him uh, you would think and here's another thing you would think that uh these aliens who can project themselves into people's dreams
1: mm-hmm. would
0: have also mastered the idea of lucid dreaming right so they would um be able to wake themselves up whenever they wanted to so they would wake they could wake someone up in the cavern and maybe this is what happened they woke up somebody in the cavern he looked around he he used maybe chicote's communicator to ascertain that yes the doctor's going to blow the place up uh, and then he went back to sleep and he reported back and said yeah he's not lying yeah, That's how that I'll could explain be. away how very quickly he decides, okay, Chakotay is not lying. Yeah, I found that that's a mark of a show
1: or a movie with problems when you've got, got to start doing a lot of rationalization about why things
0: <laughs> happen. I, this is not the best episode of Oranger, I think. <laughs> uh, but so, luckily, genocide is avoided. The aliens uh, allow—they turn off their little field generator thing, I guess. Yeah. They continue to sleep underground voyager people wake up uh everybody's happy uh except they now have an insomnia because people are afraid to go to sleep because they don't want to see the aliens yeah and, and i wrote down Trek pajamas. <laughs> yes, is that is it? a very important detail that we need to talk about. I was very happy to see their Star Trek pajamas. They have little Star Trek jammies. Uh, so everybody, nobody can sleep, so Chakotay goes to the mess hall uh, in his little pajamas. <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, he, he encounters Neelix, who is also wearing little pajamas. Yes, he uh, is. They, they talk for a moment. Uh, he makes a joke about, I hope you're not making breakfast, because it's like 3 a.m. And Neelix mm-hmm. is like, no, I couldn't sleep. And then in come Tom Paris, and Harry Kim, who are in uh, Star Trek uh, sportswear, because they had just went to the holodeck to play some sort of game, I don't remember, tennis maybe, or something? I don't know what they were playing. At least Tom was skiing. <laughs> he should have been skiing, though. That would have brought it all back, right? right? That would have brought it right back around. Exactly. See, this is these writers missed a clear opportunity. They should have <laughs> been skiing, not playing like racquetball or That's whatever right. it was. Uh, but they weren't. <laughs> and clearly... You've ruined the whole episode for me, Dave, actually, because that <laughs> that would have been the perfect thing to do. I didn't even think about that. I'm very
1: sorry about that. Well, you have okay. never watch it again, because I, now you'll be frustrated exactly. in the final scene. I'll know
0: what's coming, and I'm like, oh, man, I should <laughs> he <been> <laughs> walk in skiing. They'll walk in, and you'll just go, dang, nabbit. <laughs> exactly. Duh. No, they're not skiing again. <laughs> <laughs> Every time they're not skiing. Every time. And then the final indignity, really, to Tuvok, he walks in, and he has, like, the stupidest Star Trek pajamas ever. I've written that down, too. theres He's got pronounced shoulder
1: pads. <laughs> Linemen don't wear shoulder pads as big as what are in his... Are are they, like, Vulcan-specific Star Trek pajamas? They're
0: very angular
1: and they weird. Are. They're, they are. I would they not want to try to ears. fall asleep in those.
0: It's kind of like I wrote down that he's wearing a leisure suit. <laughs> I don't understand why. I mean, everyone, I mean, the other pajamas are kind of like futuristic. You know what they're kind of going for? I guess they were going for futuristic alien, but it just came out as super weird. (laughs) Like, even, I I don't think uh, Tuvok would choose to wear these. These must be like Vulcan issued. He has to wear them. (laughs) That's right. It's some sort of requirement. Like, you know, how Worf wore that uh, discomfort band thing, so he was never very comfortable. Uh, right, part of just be, his training. Exactly. So it's just kind of, you know, to make sure that he cannot enjoy anything. He has to wear <laughs> these ridiculous pajamas. <laughs> so he could, that's Once again, I, I'm trying to come up for a reason for what happens in the episode. Uh, and then, it kind of, once again as many kind of weaker episodes of Star Trek ends with kind of a laughter and a freeze frame as Chakotay says, well, maybe you should start breakfast. Ha ha, ha. go, ha, ha ha And then it's over. <laughs> right, then go, dun, 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 dun. And that's that. That's it. Another episode of Voyager in the books. So what, what did you think of this episode? It's a
1: fun monster of the week episode. Um, you know, it isn't the strongest, um, uh, well, most compelling story in the world. It does have a clear beginning, middle, and end. I'll mm-hmm. give it that. and uh, <laughs> I praise. <laughs> yeah. It's fun if you're watching it for the first time. Okay, I like the idea of aliens that can exist in, a, in the sleep state of another species. Um, like we said, I don't really know why they were angry <laughs> at that species. Yeah, I
0: think th- there, there's a big problem with this episode. I th- Overall, I think I agree with you. It's kind of a fun episode. It's not the greatest episode of Star Trek. It's also not the worst episode of Star Trek. No, um, not at all. No, it's not e- It's not even near the bottom of the list, really. Uh, but it just lacks... I mean, there's a simple motiva- lack of motivation for the, the aliens and why they're doing anything. And one of the biggest things, you know, the keys to storytelling is that... The characters have to have motivation, and it has to, be, it has to become clear to the, the, the consumer at some point what the motivation is. Yeah. And it See, never th-
1: does. It doesn't. I thought this would have been a good riddle episode. Like, the weird stuff keeps happening, mm-hmm. and, they have, and they get smaller and smaller clues about what's going on, and then finally they realize, oh, there is this species within range of where we happen to be that can inhabit our dream state. and there isn't like a violent angry conflict but it's sort of one of those you know before each commercial break you get a little more clue about what's happening right
0: and the aliens are just trying to make contact and they don't really know how and this is kind of how they do it so that's what they're doing And look we're just going about our day that's all it is. we just wanted to say hello uh (laughs) sorry we're screwing up your sleep patterns we didn't realize that you don't have have the same thing right and that could have been the end and that could have been a, a good episode i think uh, although this episode does have a pr- some good lines, I did enjoy uh, when Captain Janeway said, uh, "Sometimes first contact is last contact." That was kind of that was yeah, a good that line. Was good. I thought, uh, and there are a couple other ones that I don't remember off the top of my head. But uh, oh, I remember. Uh, I thought it was both good and bad uh, in Harry's dream when Seven of Nine is seducing him, and she says, "Resistance is futile." <laughs> Yes, a part of me groaned and a part yes. of me said, oh, of course, that's what she would That's what she would say in a dream. Exactly. And so <laughs> I was like, all right, that's okay. That's uh, kind of cute. Uh, overall, if I had to watch this episode again, I would choose not to. <laughs> <laughs> if I had that choice. If I was being forced to, obviously, I would have to. Um, but certainly, it has not really helped my opinion of Voyage Rise, nor has it really... Uh, Detracted from my opinion of Voyager. It's indifference all around. Indifference. Uh, I say more Doctor probably would have helped. Uh, yeah, less Harry Kim. Even though he, there was only a dash of Harry Kim. Uh, I I do dread the Harry Kim heavy episodes of <laughs> Voyager that I know are waiting. That generally involve the holodeck and Captain Proton. Um, and and I'm dreading it. But uh, this wasn't especially Neelix heavy. You were sort of saved there too. It's true. It's a dash of Neelix. Yeah. Which is, I think, the appropriate amount of VDX. Because <laughs> he's kind of a, a waste of a character as well. <laughs> uh, so overall, I think that we are in agreement. Fun episode, not great, writing, uh, some serious flaws, in fact, and some missed skiing opportunities. Glaring. Uh, once you point it out, it's like well, the thing, you can't unsee it. <laughs> it's like the the arrow in the FedEx logo. Once you know it's there, you can unsee Right, knock, you see it on it. every truck. Exactly. Um, so, well, uh, Dave, uh, thank you for being on Random Trek. I apologize for forcing you to watch a Voyager episode. <laughs> well, thank uh, you for having me. I love
1: talking to Star Trek, and I will do so at, at any
0: opportunity. Well, I'm sure I will give you another opportunity in the future, as long as this episode has not scarred you, and you will refuse to come back. <laughs> As long as we don't have to watch the hippie episode
1: from the original series, I'm good.
0: Uh, I am Kirok. Uh, it could happen. I can't promise. That's the problem, right? It's the fates decide what episode we're going to watch. That's right. You don't decide the fates, I don't, Do I, I just work here. Uh, I follow the rules. <laughs> it's, it's out of my purview. I go to random.org, it gives me a number, and then we watch that episode.